Good morning, and welcome to Pay It Forward's podcast, Help Yourself by Helping Others. Today's podcast is part of Pay It Forward's education series, and today we'll be talking about insect and pest control. Uh, We we will have a small emphasis on termites, but in general, we're going to do an overall summary of insect and pest control. So moving to our first slide, uh, we have an overview of common pests. This is, there are two slides uh, naming the most common pests. Mitchell, do you want to give us an overview of the pests? On sure, this you, know, um, you know, I think you have the pests can run from anything from like you see here, you have cockroaches, you have ants, your termites, bed bugs, rats and mice, um, definitely the most common. But, you know, if you think about nature, any animal from crickets to snakes and spiders, um, <laughs> well, we're kind of entering their domain. So rightfully so, they have space and they're going to try to come to your house. <laughs> That's right. I mean, uh, they do depend on geographic location and environments. And, you know, with all the development going on everywhere, I know it's certainly going on here in Florida. Uh, they're losing a lot of their habitat, so we are coexisting, <laughs> uh, and they have a, a right to be here too, and they can be beneficial. So on the next slide are some other common pests. Alan, do you want to mention what some of those are? Sure, yeah. Um, basically, there are other things that, uh, in addition to what Mitchell was talking about, the fleas, spiders, silverfish, flies, and mosquitoes. All these are visible and they can cause uh, bodily harm because if they bite, it could um, have some serious medical conditions. Mm-hmm. Like a, a mechanic, uh, press mechanic that I talked to, he was installing a machine and then when he crawled underneath, he was bitten by some kind of black spider. Mm. So he used to be like 250 pounds. So after the bite, he shrunk down to maybe barely over 100 pounds. And the doctor said he may not survive. But luckily, he he, he pulled through. So you, you cannot take this lightly, the, all the insects and all that. Mm-hmm. One yep. additional thing is the termite uh, that on the previous slide, is actually invisible uh, most of the time because it might be thriving inside the house. So the key to the termite is to prevent them from coming inside the house because mm-hmm. by the time you see them, uh, all your structural, like all your cabinets, all your wood may be destroyed by the termite and you don't even see it. Yes. I mean, some of the the pests that we've named on these two slides can be extremely dangerous. and. Uh, are, can be lethal. Um, luckily, we're here in this country. We're not uh, dealing with malaria like they are in other countries and dengue fever. But you know, I, I think we had West Nile virus. You know, at times has been prevalent here also. So yes, um, pests can prevent more or can uh, a c- disease and other things can occur from pests, not just be a nuisance. So um, moving on to our next slide, as Alan mentioned, termites. Um, They're particularly (laughs) an interesting uh, insect. Um, Alan, do you wanna, you have a lot more knowledge than us about termites. Do you wanna give us an overview about them? Sure, yeah, it's in, um, 
without getting too technical or scientific, uh, in most uh, real estate transactions, you know, for example, FHA or VA or even conventional mortgage, if the appraiser detects something that could be damaging to the house, it might ask for a termite clearance. Hmm. So, and then if you order a termite inspection, then it could be tens of thousands or hundred thousand dollar damage uh, if the house was not um, handled properly, either when it was built or when it was maintained. So that's from a financial standpoint. And also like this slide was saying that different kind of termite, there's some that live and thrive underneath the house. So often when it's all in the yard, if you have those, you cannot see it because it's underneath. They're crawling, living, having fun underneath the house. <laughs> and there are some that eat wood because uh, the wood may be inside the wall or underneath. If you have a crawl space, you can eat the wood. Uh, and those are not good because if you eat it, then the house may collapse uh, or, or have structural damage. And then there are other kind of termites too. So, so I, I'm sure there are a lot more, but these are the common ones that affect our daily uh, house or, or building. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and you know, in nature, it's the termites' job to help decompose uh, plants and wood. So you know, they don't know the difference between houses and and, and other dead trees. Uh, <laughs> this is why I think it's important to have uh, insect control rather than just trying to exterminate everything because everything does have a role to play in nature. I, I like that philosophy as well. Um, rather than killing everything, <laughs> find a way to mitigate them would be ideal because they do play an important role in our ecosystem. Um, but yes, you don't want them eating your house. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, and it is, there are three main types of termites as shown on this slide. And it is important to know, you know, which species um, and their behaviors uh, so you can address them uh, in the best fit way. So moving on to our next slide, um, these are some of the risks that uh, pests can pose. Uh, we touched on this a little bit. Alan, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, uh, basically, like the slides say, uh, it can they can carry something that would be harmful to human being or pets. And also, uh, if you get bitten by, you know, certain insects or uh, unwanted um these little creatures, then your body might secrete something that is very like uh, itchy or mm -hmm. it, could, it could have some kind of damaging effect. Yes. And then uh, there are other illness that it can cause, you know, based, there's so many combinations. Yes. And depends on your body. It's like sometimes the insect bite 10 people, but only five people have reaction. The other five people don't just don't seem to have any, any issues. So it's case by case. Yeah. And, and on extreme cases, some people have allergic reactions to different bites, and it could be even fatal sometimes. Very true. I know for myself personally, um, you know, we have here in Florida a lot of ants, <laughs> a lot of ants. <laughs> uh, they are very prevalent, and particularly fire ants. Um, and with all the development going on, you know, uh, as we mentioned, their habitats are getting destroyed. I mean, we're digging up dirt all the time. 
around here. And um, I do have a, an extreme reaction to um, an ant bite. Uh, I mean, obviously it hurts when they bite, but I've had my uh, legs swell up. I've had sores uh, with running <laughs> pus. I've had to go to the ER um, because they've been, it's been so um, extreme. And I know I'm not alone. I, I've met a few other people like that, that um, just from an ant bite. It, or, and that has happened with a spider bite as well. It's not, it hasn't been a black widow or a brown recluse, which, you know, they have poison, but even from a small spider bite, I kind of uh, have an extreme reaction. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, not fun. <laughs> so, yes, there are definite uh, health risks uh, from mild to severe and, as Mitchell said, even fatal. All right. So moving on to our next slide. These are the kind of the overview of pest control steps. Mitchell, do you want to start us off? Yeah, I'll start off with prevention. Um, you know, you want to kind of identify the environment that you're in, you know, know if you're going to have an ant problem or what type of situation to deal with. So you can even um, prevent things like not leaving food out. Um, it's a bit because, you know, things need um, stuff to eat. Termites is a different case. Um, you know, a lot of times, like I was saying, when they do buildings, they assume that there's termites in the area. So there's some research you can do that. Uh, and you can just take different measures to, well, you know, like seal your doors and make sure that, you know, you secure your house to keep the insect out. Yes. Alan, you want to uh, carry on with the slide with the next uh, treatment? Oh, yeah. With, with the new uh, invention on many technology, um, if you understand uh, all the different pros and cons of each uh preventive measure that's the best situation if you can prevent these unwanted creatures or insects or termite from even entering the house that's the best because then you don't have to deal with toxic spray and then uh, if you do it properly then uh, the termites or the insects they have their own world and then we have our world inside the house that's the best case like which was saying we, we don't want to kill off them because they have a purpose in in you know whatever their space so we just want to uh do the that's the best one but in case if the prevention either something get like uh maybe uh miss uh applied or it's still not the end of the world uh, you can treat them but again after you treat it then you have to go back to step one and say how what what we forgot or which one did we do wrong and then go back to the prevention so maybe if you interactively do this, then more people can do more prevention. It's the same thing with your health of your body, right? If you prevent from falling, then you don't have to go to have surgery. That's yeah. right. That's a good way to put it. So as Mitchell said, you know, prevention is taking steps yourself to try to uh, eliminate any infestation. And then, as Alan said, treatment, it could be non-chemical or, if needed, chemical. Um, and then once that happens, monitor to make sure that everything is working properly and that there's no further activity. And then, you know, 
protection and ongoing maintenance uh, routine to keep your home clean, declutter, seal entry points, and address any sanitation or moisture uh, issues. But it, it is it is it it is fascinating. <laughs> I mean, we've seen um, ants and how ingenious they are in finding the smallest crack. And if there's a crumb on the floor, <laughs> they come in from the outside. And I can remember years ago in Maryland, we had a hibiscus plant, a beautiful flowering plant that is, you know, you see in Florida all the time. But we had it in our dining room and it would occasionally drip this very sweet nectar. Well, we had ants come in from way far away in our front door and they made a path all the way through the house directly to that nectar. I, I, so you have to kind of admire <laughs> their ingenuity and their ability to detect that that nectar was inside my home and they found a way to get in and enjoy it. So needless to say, I had to move my hibiscus plant indoors <laughs> or outdoors, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, they are pretty smart. Uh, one time I was working outside and then my uh, my shirt is all wet with sweating. So I threw the the, the wet, dirty uh, shirt in the laundry basket. And then within a few hours, the whole shirt was full of ants. Oh my goodness. They, they figure a way how to, I don't know what to eat, but then they figure out wh where, where the food is for them. They do. Yeah, very ingenious. <laughs> well, so like we were saying earlier, this you know, at the end of the day, it goes back to prevention. Yes. It's really all you can do. You have to be aware of it. Even after you go through all the treatment and monitoring protection, you still have to do what you can to prevent it. That's correct. Okay, so moving on to our next slide, these are the types of pest control, and we did kind of uh, touch on these a little bit, but we'll go over them again because there are, you know, uh, we've mentioned six different um, options here. Uh, Mitchell, would you like to cut us off or start us off? Sure. You know, we have physical control, um, which is installing the barriers like screens, uh, using nets to protect plants and setting up traps. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you have something like biological control, which is using uh, natural predators like ladybugs to control outfits. And uh, these methods are environmentally friendly. You get a cat. Cats are great at <laughs> protecting your house from insects and other things. Um, and then, you know, also you have chemical control, um, pesticides, insecticides. Uh, this is something where it's a little controversial because you do have chemicals in your house and if you have kids or if you're pregnant and things like that, you have to think about it, pets. Um, but it is one way to control pests. Alan, you want to address the other three on the slide? Oh, yeah. So basically, it's uh, also uh, your habit every day. Um, try to <clears throat> have sanitation, try to remove anything like uh, clean up around the trash bins, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, also like mechanical control so we can um, use equipment uh, maybe zapping or just different thing to to uh, destroy them if they penetrate into the house and then obviously you can uh, figure a way to seal like uh, maybe some kind of weather stripping or caulking well you know uh, some of the pictures you see here 
um, are my own. Uh, so for instance, we have a lanai on the back of our house that was unscreened, but it was really was not usable um, because of the um, insects. So we did go ahead and put a screen up, as you can see on that middle picture. And the screen has been wonderful. It's giving, it has given us a whole new living space. Um, and the insects are allowed to continue as well <laughs> on the outside. However, we do leave our sliding door open to the lanai. So we also do have a um, device it's called a catchy uh, that's shown there in that picture. So any insects that do infiltrate the screen are attracted to that light and um, they are zapped. <laughs> but it really has opened up. It's wonderful. We love being outside and on the lanai and that has only been possible because of the screen. So, okay, so moving on our next um, slide addresses a question that I had myself, um, even though now once I realized the answer, I was like, well, that's pretty self-explanatory, <laughs> but uh, what is the difference between pesticides and insecticides? Who would like to address that? Maybe Mitchell. Okay, Mitchell. I, I was going to ask, I was the engineer. to <laughs> 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 me too. Um, yeah, let's see. Well, because I was curious, I mean, I asked this question is why it's on the slide. So basically all insecticides are pesticides, but not all pesticides are insecticides because hmm. it's as the name states. An insecticide is dealing specifically with insects, hence the name insecticide. Pesticides is a more all-encompassing term and can include insecticides, but it can also repel you know, other pests like rodents and, you know, fungus, yeah. um, you know, weeds. Uh, so the, I guess the pesticide would be the all encompassing terminology and insecticides is a subset of a pesticide and meaning it's more specific to um, dealing with insects alone. So I was curious about that question. That's why it's on the slide. <laughs> yeah, you get to learn too in the moment. But, you know, it makes sense. I guess if you go buy different insect sprays, you can buy some for particular insects mm -hmm. um, versus buying some for a raw pest. So. That's true. Like, You'll see the can will say, you know, spiders or wasps or, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. So, okay. So we all learn something. <laughs> okay. So moving on to our next slide. Um, and this is a, you know, as Mitchell mentioned, kind of a controversial, you know, topic. Are insecticides safe? Uh, Alan, do you want to kick us off? Sure. Yeah, basically, they are, um, every DNA is different. Like our human DNA has certain um, properties that affect our nervous system or our, our blood supply and so forth. And if you look at an insect, they have their own DNA or plants, they have their own DNA, dogs and cats. So I guess uh, with the new technology, they can probably isolate and then try to uh, at either address uh, safety issues. For example, there are some uh, chemicals that are perfectly safe for one species like a dog, but may not be safe for human or, or various combinations. Mm -hmm. So. The main thing is 
you have to read the label on uh, these items and uh, uh, just don't like mix different uh, uses because sometimes there might be a reaction. Just like prescription pills, if you mix different one, there might be different unwanted uh, results. Mm-hmm. Mitchell, yeah. do you have anything to add? Yeah, like I was saying, is you know, to to be safe, the best thing to do is to follow the safety instructions. Um, as it is important to, to keep it around certain animals and other uh, in other areas where other animals may be. Uh, sometimes the timing when you're supposed to do it is important. Where how much sun exposure it has, uh, you know, whether it can rain in certain areas on certain days of the week that you do it. So just follow the instructions. That's the best way to keep the chemical safe. I guess, yes, that I guess is the overriding caution uh, regarding the use of pesticides is proper use and application. You have to weigh the the health risks. Um, You have to consider the environmental impact. You have to figure out if possibly you can use a a mixed approach of using, you know, non-chemical or less toxic approaches uh, in conjunction with, pesticides. So, but the overriding thing is make sure you read the label, address the safety precautions and use them effectively and safely. So, yeah. And, another, and, yeah. And Alan, that was a good analogy, just, you know, like your prescription drug. <laughs> oh, another important thing is uh, kind of learn about how, how quickly it dissipates mm-hmm. or in chemical term i think sometimes people refer as half-life because some item the half-life could be one hour that means in two hours you'll be gone so those you don't have to worry too much but there's some items the half-life may be 10 years or 100 years so those you have to be careful because once you apply you cannot get rid of it for a long long time so well i know where i live you know um Pest management is included uh, with our HOA. I live in an HOA community. So we have um, landscape uh, pesticide application. And then we have another company that does all the public spaces, you know, the grass and the shrubs. And there are some folks who actually put a sign up on their lawn asking not to be sprayed. They do not want any chemicals used on their property. So they do have that option. Uh, also, uh, they typically, when they apply anything, they put up a sign uh, letting you know it was applied with instructions that usually will say, you know, uh, it'll have the date and the time it was applied and that they, you know, tell you to, you know, give it an hour, you know, before you let your, you know, like walk your pet by the, you know, the, the grass or use the grass. So, um, you know, there are mitigation um, strategies and procedures that can be used also to minimize, you know, any ill effects from chemical spraying. And for here, you can choose not to even have it. Okay, so moving to our next slide. um, These are some of the types of uh, applications that professional uh, pest management uh, companies use. Uh, Alan, did you want to discuss this uh, first? Yeah, basically, um, I just uh, learned from 
uh, new house that I purchased in Florida. And these are new uh, uh, systems that is being put in uh, for new development. So according to the builder, uh, they hire or cooperate with a major company that have two systems installed while the house is being constructed. One is for insects. And I think what they do is they put tubes uh, around the house inside the wall. And this way, if uh, in the future, you want to uh, deliver pesticide, then all you do is just put uh, you know, the active ingredient and then have like a pump or some something to force this uh, chemicals into the walls of the house if you want to. So that's, you know, like uh, optional. So if, if I want certain thing, uh, I don't have to go inside the house. It can be done outside and depends on what situation, you know, uh, or what insect you want to control. You can put different chemicals and then inject it, you know, maybe once a year, once a month or whatever needed. The other big one is the termite uh, prevention. And that's the Centricon system that the builder cooperate with uh, another company that I think what this one does is they put in uh, bait systems around the backyard. And from what I've learned is they put uh, some kind of rotten wood material in the bait and then uh, have someone remove the uh, lit and then look at the rotten wood periodically and see if there's any like a sign signs of termite so if there is then you have to contact the company they will treat something okay. so that that's the bait system um, but I'm sure there are many other systems out there this is just what I personally come to learn you know from this builder yeah. And personally, I've used sprayers lots of times on different properties. Um, and like we discussed earlier, it's very important to follow the instructions exactly and to um, be aware of what chemicals you're using. Like I was saying, know what half-life you have and you know know what dangers that come along with it and just take those precautions. Um, but it's a pretty simple method. You're just spraying a chemical um, typically either on your house or in the ground. And mm -hmm. you know, that usually works from anywhere from a few months to some chemicals lasting more than 10 years. Mm -hmm. and oh, another difference, sorry, another difference between expert or licensed um, um, application and DIY or Home Depot or wherever the homeowner do is in, in every stage, there are different rules about who can buy what or quantity or so you just have to follow whatever state you're in and the guidance because some of the stuff only a licensed company can purchase or in certain quantity uh, and other items homeowner is not allowed with our license um, so that, that might be the difference that's true uh and pest control management companies, the experts, they do generally customize the plan. If you have a pest control um, 
team that you uh, have hired, they will assess your personal, you know, your property and come up with a customized plan. Um, I can speak to both the techs and the CentraCon. I have both. Uh, the tech system while they're building the house, as Alan said, they do put tubes throughout the walls of your home. Uh, they come quarterly. He opens up that device that you see there and inserts the um, chemicals uh, into the house, and that's to prevent insects from coming inside your home. The CentraCon system, as Alan mentioned, is a bait system for termites. We have those little green um, <laughs> devices all around the perimeter of our home, and they address that too. They, they open it up and put new bait in when necessary. And I've also had experience with the misting systems, which is kind of spooky a little bit because we were at a someone's house who lived on the water um, and they had they have a lot of insects when you live on the water and we were enjoying enjoying adult beverages out on their deck uh, next to the water and suddenly the homeowner yelled cover your drinks we were like what is going on and sure enough misting occurred um it was kind of I would not have had a cocktail had I known there was a mist application coming up, but you know, people have to take different methods to, uh, <laughs> to uh, enjoy the comfort of their property. So these are some of the methods that professionals uh, do use and they generally do involve, well, they all involve chemicals of some sort. So we'll move on to our next slide and there discuss there are natural uh, repellents that can also help. Um, Mitchell, do you want to uh, kick us off and discuss uh, some of the natural uh, remedies? Sure. Um, you know, essential oils, especially something like peppermint. Um, peppermint is great at getting a lot of different pests and insects to stay away. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, there are certain herbs and flowers that attract certain insects that will feed off of the other insects as well, or at least keep those away. Um, Huge for no standing water. Mm. Uh, that if you want to stay away from mosquitoes, that sometimes comes in where you fill in like little potholes in your driveway, adding little dirt into dips in your yard, little things like that. And if there's no, you know, that way there's no place for the insects to to mate or you know have their larvae and they'll you know keep especially the mosquitoes away from you. Um, and 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 beneficial insects, like you know, like we're saying, we're having certain flowers that attract insect that eat the other insects is, is one of the ways to just kind of have nature control itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I like some of these methods and, you know, I've tried them myself. Um, as a matter of fact, the people who had the misting system uh, in, in lieu of a chemical, they could have tried uh, chrysanthemum um, uh, water, um, but maybe they did and it wasn't effective enough. But yeah, I just feel like it's always best to try some of these methods first. Um, you know, since they're eco-friendly and see if that will help control any pest infestations that you may have. Okay, so moving on, um, there are also DIY pest control methods. And uh, Alan, I know you have done some uh, research uh, on that and specifically this particular uh, brand, uh, Navigator. Oh, sure. Uh, basically, uh, with the new technology that's coming up, you know, constantly, this is kind of interesting um, uh, material that this company, um, I think 
is a thermidor or whatever company uh, they invented a new uh, maybe um, a certain solution or mist or something uh, SC meaning suspended um, just like a gel I guess um, so they come up with this in the 1960s or or, or 1900s or maybe maybe not that far or maybe 30 years ago and the way how they do it is they it's something that will bind with a soil uh, and if you leave in the soil it will last practically forever so the good news about this is you don't have to apply uh, for termite situation constantly it it probably stay in the soil forever and also the benefit about this from a homeowner standpoint is you don't have to apply or you don't have to worry about it every several months it if it stay in the soil around the house underneath um you know the foundation then supposedly it would uh keep the termite checked so they never come in or if they do uh come in then they will um bring back the thermidor or the uh, navigator back to the queen and then it will extinct them so so that's uh, half of the benefit about the navigator sc the other half is on above ground well while we wait for alan to come back um uh, just want to note, as we say here, that there are very specific user restrictions procedures for using the product. So if someone does want to try uh, the Navigator SC, uh, please follow the complete uh, label instructions, um, particularly with runoff. So hopefully Alan will come back <laughs> and uh, finish his discussion of the DIY pest control. Um, it looks like he's back now. Alan, did you want to finish your thought on the um, Navigator SC? Sure, Jeff. Basically, this kind of new invention, uh, and again, like Sherry's saying, if you follow the manufacturer guidance, you know, and then uh, it, it just gives you another option. So you can, instead of using the traditional uh, method, this is just another option that it could be better in most way but obviously that like anything else nothing is 100 percent. so <laughs> okay so we will move on to our next slide uh and this is just kind of a summation of what we've talked about today and these are so just five top tips for insect prevention mitchell you want to uh, start off sure like we talked before you know you want to fill your entry points so that they can't come in the house. That could be like caulking windows, um, you know, making sure you have the right trim around your doors and no cracks and things like that. Um, you got to keep a clean environment. Uh, this way, if you do see insects, you can they, they're identified very, rather quickly. Um, and that goes along with the food storage too. The, you know, clean environment, keeping food in, in containers in a way so that they can't sense or smell it to start with. And hopefully they have no reason to enter your home. Yes. Alan, you want to continue? Sure. The standing water is another uh, 
big problem. I think long time ago in California, that's what I call West Nile, and it they breed in standing water. So when the when the rain hits something and the water doesn't drain, then it will be an attraction for these deadly uh, insects. Mm -hmm. And also outdoor maintenance. So one thing is we have to understand the ecosystem. So if we keep uh, certain vegetation, insects, you know, other animals, or you know, whether good or whatever intended, if you keep them balanced, then one will not dominate another. So it's like a, a food chain. So one one insect eat the plant and then the insect get eaten or they, so if you get, make it balanced, what nature intended to do, uh, then you won't have any like uh, over domination of one bad insect. Right. So yes, just these five fairly simple tips um, can go a long way to preventing uh, insects from entering your home. Seal entry points, maintain a clean environment, food, proper food storage, eliminate standing water, and keep up your outdoor maintenance. So that really concludes uh, our discussion today on insect prevention. So I just wanted to tell our audience that this is one of many, many podcasts from Pay It Forward. Um, you can see some of the other topics we have here, longevity, memory loss, um, shipping, uh, uh, growing fish uh, in the United States, a wealth of topics that are all interesting. And we hope you will check those out. Um, give us a listen. You can find us on many platforms, Spotify, Google, YouTube. So we'd love to have you as an audience member and uh, appreciate any feedback. And then this is how you can learn more about Pay It Forward. Um, you can support us at Patreon. Uh, we have a website where you can learn about our various programs. As I mentioned, you can listen to our other podcasts. And we would love for you to follow us on Facebook um, and comment. And we will be starting a private group soon. So, you know, if you can follow us now, you'll be advised of when that begins. So learn more about us. And we'd love to have you as part of our community. Uh, in conclusion... Thank you uh, for listening today. Uh, we really appreciate it. And Mitchell and Alan, thank you so much uh, for all your wisdom. <laughs> and we hope to see you all next time. Uh, in the meantime, keep paying it forward. Thank you. Okay.